the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. Um, This is a second shot, a second shot at an explainer, an explainer. Let me explain to you what I'm doing here. Um, I I got a couple of emails over the uh, last couple of days as the news broke about this Supreme Court case, and people were not sure that I explained things well enough. So welcome to the Pro-America Report. Welcome to the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. And let me tell you what I'm going to do. We're going to, by the way, if you go to ProAmericaReport.com, you'll see some of my writings there. Get signed up for my Substack. Also, visit phyllisschlafly.com and sign up there for our daily email, The Daily Wink, what you need to know, which is the same name as this segment. So what what you need to know, we're going to stick very strictly to the topic of what did the Supreme Court do in agreeing to review a certain law that has been used against January 6th defendants, as well as is being used against Donald Trump. So we're going to slow down and talk exactly about this. The law is 18 U.S.C. Section 1512C. 18 U.S.C. 15 Section 1512C. Now, I'm going to refer to it, and people have, as 1512. 18 U.S.C. is the criminal code, is the United States Code. It's a section that has to do with witness tampering and criminal uh, uh, conduct. And this is generally called, this 1512, an obstruction of justice offense obstruction of there's other ones in that part of the code. And this is particularly named obstruction of official proceeding. Now, this has been used. It's a felony, which includes up to 20 years in jail. So it's a serious felony. It was passed in the years immediately after Enron. I think the year it passed was either 2002 or 2003 by the Congress in response to the Enron debacle, where lots of people lost their money. Lots of investors, small investors, stock shareholders lost their uh, shares. It was a big debacle. Lots of jobs lost. What has only been cataloged more specifically in the years after this law passed was how certain prosecutors uh, used that Enron debacle and bad conduct to target others. Arthur Anderson, the company was destroyed uh, by the prosecutor's zealousness. Uh, uh, There were Merrill Lynch executives targeted. And I have referred to the fact that you can read a very good book, a very, very well. I was reminded, uh, I was talking to Charlie Kirk, and, and he reminded me that Rush Limbaugh, spoke about License to Lie, the Sidney Powell book, at great length. In fact, every day he seemed to be talking about it back, uh, must have been 
eight or nine years ago. And it in, at the centerpiece of it is a guy named Andrew Weissman, who is a really bad actor. He was in the Mueller investigation. He's a uh, anti-Trump guy. He's a, and he, But he's very clever. And again, as Charlie Kirk pointed out, there's a handful of these people, uh, Susan Rice, Andrew Weissman, Lisa Monaco, a few others who are at the heart of Obama, but even predate Obama, uh, a couple of them, and are really at the center of a lot of what's happening in terms of weaponization uh, of government against we the people, in terms of uh, narratives that lie about what's going on. So what did the Supreme Court do? Well, three different defendants of January 6th, people that were charged, said to and were convicted uh, to, of this 1512 felony, they all three of them uh, petitioned the Supreme Court to review it. And at the lower court, one of the judges threw it out. He threw out this charge. He said, you can't use that. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Went up to the Court of Appeals. It was a little split. And now it's up to the Supreme Court. So what the Supreme Court did last week was announce that it would take the case. The case it took was not all three. It just took a case called Fisher. And the name that that's the name of the plaintiff, Fisher v. USA. Could be USA v. Fisher. I'm not sure. Anyway, the, the at this point, the two questions that are presented to the court, the Supreme Court, to consider are whether 1512 covers only acts that affect the integrity or availability of evidence or whether they criminalize advocacy, lobbying and protest in connection with congressional proceedings. Now, let me be clear what that is. The thought is these charges should be used for the integrity or availability of evidence. If you're hiding evidence, tampering with evidence, if you're disappearing things, if you're messing with witness testimony, that's what the statute was originally written for. In the case that were before us and all these other ones, including Donald Trump, the prosecutors have said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that also includes uh, advocacy, lobbying, protest. And you if you do that in about criminal uh, congressional proceedings, that counts. In other words, this is the question. Can you extend a law that appeared to be passed and appears on its face to be about uh, uh, integrity and evidence of an availability of evidence sort of witness? Tam- it's under the witness tampering section of the law, but it's about evidence. Can you extend that to? A protest where someone is saying, hey, I I, I don't think you should uh, certify the election until there's a check on the fraud. And is that make it an obstruction of official proceeding? The second question the U.S. Supreme Court is taking up is a line within it that says corruptly. In other words, you have to corruptly do something. That's the word. And the corruptly element, it's called the corruptly piece of this. Does it does this is what the court is saying? Does it prove does it require that the government prove that the defendant acted with the intent to obtain an unlawful benefit, or is it merely proof that the defendant acted in some improper way and uh, unlawful way? In other words, if you go and you trespass, that's an unlawful means. And if that impacts the proceeding, is that enough? Or did you have to intend to get a benefit? And that appears to be what the, the requirement should be. So what's the benefit of the people, we the people that are protesting on January 6th? You're saying, please don't uh, uh, don't uh, move ahead. Don't move ahead. By the way, you let me into the building. You can't say I'm trespassing when you let me in. A lot of them. Some of them did push their way in. But is there is there a corruptly element in this? And is it being applied correctly? And here's the, the part you need to understand what you need to know. These are serious questions. These are not um, slam dunks either way. Uh, 
There's going to be a whole lot of briefing, a whole lot of questions, a whole lot of the uh, oral argument. And here's another part of that. It hasn't been set yet as of, as of the time of me talking to you right now. It has not been set for oral argument before the U.S. Supreme Court. But the the going sense, the, the sense that people have of the schedule is that it will be heard in late March or early May. Okay, uh, May, late March or early April. And so if that's true, what it means is that you work backwards and you get the uh, the the briefing schedule and you say to yourself, OK, they're going to brief it for the next two and a half months, three months, have the argument. And then we're going to get a result in uh, June. And here's the thing. I don't think any of these cases, Donald Trump's case, these other cases that are, I don't think any of them can go forward. I don't think any of them can go to trial. I don't think there can be sentencing. And I think if there is, there's going to be writs immediately filed to the Supreme Court saying, hey, wait a second. The reason I'm here is because they charged me with misdemeanor, misdemeanor, misdemeanor and this felony. In fact, I know of one guy got out of jail in the last couple of days. And he had nonviolent record, nonviolent crime, no allegations of violence, misdemeanor, misdemeanor, misdemeanor and this felony. And he'd been in jail for almost two and a half years, a little bit longer because of that felony. Misdemeanor, 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 felony. I don't think that the uh, I do not think that the um, that the courts can go forward with this because you can't take away people's liberty that, you know, take their freedom if you don't know, if you don't know the answer. And so I think you're going to have to see that everything wait. And once once that happens, the reality is it's going way back. It's going way back into past the election. It's going to be it's going to be past the election that any of these things get taken up in any meaningful way. I believe we'll see. We'll see um, the uh, the uh, that's where we are. And that's what you need to know. And those are the questions to take. So this is an important thing. It's one of the biggest things that's happened. one of the biggest movements that's happened in all this stuff. And, and here's the real key to this. And that there's many keys when it's done, when it's done, getting to the bottom of who who filed, who ordered the 1512? Who is it that said, this is the thing to do and let's do it like this? You know, who was that? We need to know who the participants, who the, the uh, 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 maybe it's Merrick Garland, maybe it's Lisa Monaco, maybe it's somebody else, White House in the White House. They made a decision to punish we the people and to drag this whole thing in the direction it is towards Donald Trump. Now, I don't know if there's any liability, if there could be liability. I don't know. I, it's hard to sue a prosecutor unless they do something really egregious. This seems to get to it, but we'll see. But that's what's got to come next is who ordered the 1512? Like who ordered the code red? Who ordered the 1512? We can handle the truth. I think I'm entitled. I think we're entitled to the truth. Incredible. All right, we got to take a break and come back. And don't forget, you can visit um, ProAmericaReport.com, sign up there. I'm going to write about this more extensively there and also um, get uh, signed up on uh, the uh, Uh You know, the best person, one of the best people to follow on this is Julie Kelly on X, uh, at Julie underscore Kelly 2. It's the craziest uh, uh, handle she had for X, but she's one that you want to follow there and uh, and uh, make sure you're understanding English because she writes on it really well. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin, Pro Mark Report, back in a moment. Well, 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, We have been talking in the last few weeks to a few folks in law enforcement and related fields uh, about what's going on. Um, You know, whether in some ways the tide is turning a little bit with the negativity. I did take a phone call from one of our listeners who I text back and forth with. He called me. I was driving and he was talking about um, uh, one of the local jurisdictions where uh, people are not getting applications to be uh, cops. We've talked about this before and the many reasons why. why. Well, our next guest is Michael A. Letts. Uh, he has over three decades of experience in law enforcement. He's also the president and CEO of Invest USA, which is a grassroots nonprofit uh, helping communities with bulletproof vests uh, for police forces. Crazy to think that sometimes they don't have enough money uh, or enough sense to get a bulletproof vest. So uh, Michael Letts saw, uh, saw a, a gap there and uh, stepped in that. So welcome, sir. How are you? Doing great, Ed. Thank you. It's an opportunity to really enjoy spend a little time with you and your your listeners and bring them up to speed on what's happening in our law enforcement community and the vital need. We need to step up and help them now more than ever. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the website uh, for uh, uh, Michael Letts, again, is president and CEO of Invest USA, nonprofit that helps people, uh, helps communities get vests uh, to protect law enforcement. It's investusa.org, investusa.org. I'll put up on social media. All right, President Letts. You know, it feels like we mentioned, I mentioned off the air that um, more and more people are, you know, not having a good uh, experience in law enforcement. In other words, you know, the pay used to be pretty good. The benefits used to be pretty good. But you also got a lot of esteem. People looked up to a cop. They dressed up as a cop at Halloween and all. And uh, that are you seeing that change when you go out into the community? Do you see more of the community say, hey, we hear the uh, cable news. That's not how we are. Is it is it is it something that we're being told about? About our neighbors that they don't like the cops. That's that's not really true for most of us. Well, you're exactly right. Ed. Let me tell you what happens is the vast majority of Americans are truly patriots who support our first responders and we support our law enforcement community. There is a segment that does not. And that segment has been well orchestrated. I tell people all the time what we're facing today is not happenstance. It is well-orchestrated movement. It's been planned for years. It's been implemented over the last decade and a half. It has an ultimate goal and objective, and uh, they're using law enforcement as a means to accomplish that. What do I mean by them using law enforcement? Well, they realize, you know, what is the goal and objective? Of course, the left-wing liberal ideology is imperative that they control the constituents. They don't want you to tell them what to do. They want you to make sure you vote the way they tell you to vote. They want to make sure you do what you're supposed to do. And don't question it. Hard to do that with the populace that's armed because we have the ability to fight back should our freedoms and liberties be at stake. So they have been looking for years as to how to disarm the American people. Of course, for decades ago, they tried to do it in Congress. Never could get enough people who who support it because their constituents didn't support them. Right. So they've tried a different route. They've gone after law enforcement. Notice they've gone after just state and local law enforcement in the media, not mm-hmm. after uh, national law, or FBI, ATF, Department of Justice. And the reason why they did that is very simple, is if they can cause you to begin to think that law enforcement are racist, they're bigots, they're don't, not worthy of respect, your next question is, why am I paying you? Certainly not going to pay you anymore. I'm going to start paying you less. I'm not going to fund you for your equipment that you need. And I'm going to put in policy that even though I've never worn a badge and never done anything in law enforcement, I'm going to tell you how to do your job, even if it means that it puts you at greater risk. Knowing that the end result of that will be that officers will start 
dropping like flies. They'll start resigning or start quitting. People will not go to the academy to sign up to want to be in that profession. As law enforcement presence decreases, violent crime increases. We're seeing that right now. We're in the highest violent crime spike in the history of this country. Now, what is the attempt? What is the goal for the feds? Well, once they've convinced you that violent crime is spiking, mm-hmm. you're scared to the house, go to the mall. They then take the position, never fear, the federal government is here. And they will then come in and say, we're going to have a federal uh, police presence all across the country. Mm-hmm. Reduce crime. Now, they've already set the stage for that. That's why do you think they were hiring or attempting to hire 87,000 IRS agents, agents who were armed and willing to right. use it? That's right. the key. FBI, uh, et cetera. So you see they're headed down that path real quickly. Ed. Uh, Michael Letts is our guest, and you can hear in his uh, voice and his leadership, he's uh, uh, you know almost uh, more than 30 years in law enforcement, now running a nonprofit helping protect uh, law enforcement by helping providing body armor and uh, vests uh, in vestusa.org. Um how do you how do you square this circle uh, for p- normal people, bo- both normal people and and law enforcement, uh, uh, Michael? I mean, this one, Derek Chauvin was made into and just an animal by the media. And then the court system treated him like an animal. And now we we're now we're finding out even more details that it was if it wasn't a hoax, it was a, meaning that it was orchestrated from the beginning. It, it was lies all around in all kinds of ways. And the guy is in jail. He, I mean, he's not in, he's not in he's not didn't lose his job. He didn't get vilified. You know, I come from Missouri. Uh, the, the, the guy from Ferguson, the cop, he he left his job and he went back to his life. But he at least has his freedom. Um, right. But the. the how do you how do you tell somebody, oh, yeah, but you can be a cop, face these guys that are drugged up, that are all this stuff, and you're going to be the target? I, I, it's very difficult to just to, in, in your gut to make that work. Well, this is all part of what I was mentioning, the mastermind you know, is the, the overall plan that was put into place. Of course, Black Lives Matter had just recently started when all this occurred. It wasn't really gaining as much traction as they wanted it to. So they were looking for a particular incident to do. Now, with this incident, there are some problems. Just as you mentioned, first of all, the coroner's office ruled that it was not asphyxiation by somebody sitting on and putting pressure on his neck. Right. He died from heart issues and from drug overdose, from fentanyl in his system, along with a, you know, a heart defect. Right. But what happened is then immediately the Justice Department stepped in and they took over jurisdiction of the case so that they could control what was presented as evidence. They refused to allow that evidence to be presented. The family, they had the coroner change the report because he's an elected Democrat. Right. But the family actually got a independent assessment evaluation, a number of them, all indicating that that was not the case, that he did not die by asphyxiation. The jury wasn't allowed to hear that, so they convicted him, put him in jail. Well, the family wasn't satisfied with that, so they began to continue to press the issue. He deserves to have a new trial and at least have a jury hear the other side of the evidence so they can make a determination. Well, you remember it's in a federal prison. And yeah. The feds that are pushing this whole agenda. Right. So suddenly, wouldn't you know, as soon as this comes out, he gets assaulted. Now, you remember he's been kept in secure premises for two and a half years. Suddenly there's an error and he, other people are let in and they try to kill him. And basically they injured him pretty good, but he's going to make a full recovery. The question now becomes, are the feds going to allow this new evidence to be presented with a new trial? Are they going to try to put him back in a prison system and get somebody in to finish the job, take him out? 
uh, I really feel for him because they're sending a message. Remember, that's their whole point. They're trying to destroy law enforcement. Mm-hmm. They're sending a message to every cop on the street. Why do you want to subject yourself to the ability to lose your own life, to right. uh, lose, you know, to destroy your family, for somebody that doesn't appreciate it? Um, um, Michael Letts is our guest. He's the president and CEO of uh, Invest USA, a national grassroots nonprofit organization helping uh, get uh, body armor invest for law enforcement. I just have a, about a minute and a half left, Michael. I'm sorry to put you on a short uh, leash here, but what I want, well, I want to follow up with that and say, okay, but how do you tell a 23 year old kid, boy or girl, be a cop now? When you look at that and say, you know what, I, I, I'm just not going to take that risk. Well, two quick things we'll touch on. Uh, and first of all, your show is helping do that because what we're presenting to the American people is we cannot survive without law and order. Right. And it's an honorable profession. And we're asking for Americans, not the government. We know where the government stands. Americans to stand behind the thin blue line and support it. And they're coming out in droves to do so. The second thing I would remind folks is what we touched on a minute ago, the border situation. We have such a porous border and terrorists that are known to be in this country picked up this morning 10 IUDs trying to be brought across the border, that the first line defense is going to be that thin blue line. You better back it or your family is going to suffer tremendously because. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, uh, and also thank you, Michael Letts, for being experienced enough to know when I said I had a minute and a half, you gave me just about a minute and 10, 20 seconds. So uh, you, you're good at that. So Michael A. Letts, again, founder and president, also the CEO of Invest USA. Go to investusa.org, uh, helping law enforcement and also a voice, as he mentioned, to try to push back uh, and get people really feeling and seeing um, the support for what we need. You said it well. It's not it's not so much that we need law enforcement we do because we need law and order and you need law and order you got to have somebody do it and somebody to, uh, to put it together so thank you for that we've got to take a break though everybody i'll put all that up on social media and be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And, um, hey, I just recorded an interview with John Schlafly. We're going to play it in just a moment. And I got myself uh, wrapped around the conversation. It's a little bit short. So let me set it up for you so that we have you have the context. And then we'll go and play it right after this. Uh, Ryan Hyde, our communications guy, our producer, can make this happen. So let me tell you, um, his column is on Jack Smith and Jack Smith's effort to move quicker into the Supreme Court, but only on the presidential immunity question. We've been talking all day. I've been doing interviews all across the country about the question uh, more broadly of the uh, the application of 18 U.S.C. Uh, 1512, which is a specific provision in uh, the January 6th context where they've been charging people with a felony. It's been used against a lot of people. Put that aside. In your head, put that aside. And let me set up one thing that we only covered at the very end of the conversation with John Schlafly. So I want to underscore it so you're not misled, so you're not thinking about this incorrectly. What the Supreme Court has said regarding the immunity that a sitting president has. In other words, there is this tradition that the sitting president cannot be uh, uh, certainly sued in the civil setting. And it's a more of an open question in terms of criminal conduct. But the idea would be if you allow um, 
the president to be uh, sued like that, you'll never stop. You'll, you'll be able to tie the president up in knots. Anyway, that's the argument. But all that's gone to the Supreme Court is the narrow question of should they take it up quickly? Jack Smith, the prosecutor, says, please, please, please do this now because we've got to get rid of this. It's a real fire. It's a red alert. It's an emergency. And the court's saying, before we even get to the question of whether that immunity matters, what's the emergency? And they're going to hear that first. And that'll be decided by about January 15th. It'll be that quick. So that's the setup. Uh, sit right back. Here we go. I'll come back. A recorded segment with John Schlafly right here. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Here's John Schlafly. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with John Schlafly this week. Boy, the people get upset when we check in so late in the week. John Schlafly's column breaks over at townhall.com. It's breaking column at about 6 p.m. East Coast time on townhall.com, somewhere around then, and then is uh, archived at phyllisschlafly.com is where you can find it. This week's column, he writes with his brother Andy, weekly column. It's tied. The title this week is Jack Smith's Desperate Gamble at SCOTUS. Uh, welcome back, John. How are you? Uh, good, Ed. How are you? This, I'm fine. I'm fine. Now, you, you, this column is written before the news broke of the other Supreme Court action to take up the, uh, the 1512 obstruction of official proceeding. So let's stick yeah. with it. Stick with your column, because I think people almost missed it. It got swallowed up in the uh, in the uh, uh, the week. Um, so what happened here? Why do you think this is a desperate gamble? What is the gamble? And maybe more importantly, John, as you look closely at this, what is the argument? I mean, how do you how do you argue for um, uh, complete immunity? And, and are there conservatives that will say, you know what, there is some immunity, there is some uh, protection, but not blanket? I, I, I just don't know where this is going. Well, walk us through this. Well, you know, from a legal constitutional point of view, it's an open question. The Supreme Court has never decided the question as just to how far the immunity of the president extends. Now, everybody likes to say that nobody's above the law, but but the other side of that coin is we have a separation of powers and which we cannot permit the any of the other two branches of government, Congress or the judiciary, to effectively be supreme over the president. The president has to have a degree of immunity or else the president is not is not you know, you don't have separation of powers. So that's what's really behind all this. But, you know, the motive of Jack Smith, as he, you know, almost, almost virtually comes out right out and says, which as he argues that it's in the public interest that Donald Trump be tried, convicted, and sentenced before the voters go to the polls next year. Because that's really what's in mind, uh, he has in mind here. He wants a guilty verdict and a sentence, a prison sentence, because uh, a poll and a poll just yesterday said that that would cut into Trump's support. Trump's been winning these polls over Biden. But if he's convicted, there are some voters who will say, well, you know, that's going too far. We can't vote for someone who's convicted to be president, even though his conviction is still on appeal. Because there's no the appeals will there's no way an appeal can be decided before the election next year, but what Jack Smith wants is to make sure the trial can be over 
But you know, That's John, I, John, 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 you know, John, I did, a, I did, I did a radio interview myself on a different show, and and someone said to me, you know, Jack Smith is claiming it's an emergency. What's the emergency? I mean, how do you, well, how, you know, how do you? The emergency is that if that trial doesn't go forward as scheduled on March the 4th, then essentially there's no other way to convict Trump before the election. That's the emergency. Trump's uh, Jack Smith's goal is to get a guilty verdict and a prison sentence on Trump before the election, before people vote. Um, it's extraordinary that it's even as you, as you describe it, it's even taken seriously, you know, that, you know, every other situation you let the court, court of appeal, I mean, every other situation that's not an actual emergency, something that would be irreparably damaged as to the criminal conduct and the charge would be handled in the normal way, you go through the circuit, the court of appeals, and then you go up to the Supreme Court. And, and yet it's, it's because it's Trump, uh, that everybody can suspend, uh, their, uh, due process and everything else. Uh, But, John, what is the actual underlying legal immunity? And is the legal immunity established as a part of the law or the tradition? And if they're willing to I hate to do this, but if they're willing to get rid of it for Trump, it'll be gotten rid of for uh, uh, Joe Biden. And by the way, it might be gotten rid of for some conduct by Obama, which could be taken up. I mean, I don't know any success in these courts with those guys as defendants because of the way the juries are. But what is the actual illegal immunity claim? Where does it stem from? How do you see it playing out, especially with some conservatives on the court that may, you know, have a view on this? Well, it stems from the separation of powers. It's the fundamental structure of our Constitution. And, uh, you know, and a Supreme Court decision, you know, 50 years ago, uh, decide, uh, ruled that the president is absolutely immune from a civil suit for actions he took in his as president, presidential yeah. actions. Okay. But that leaves open the question, okay, what about criminal actions and what about uh, actions that are arguably not presidential actions but may have taken in a private capacity? So the full dimensions of the president's immunity have not been completely defined by the Supreme Court, but as the brief, the the terrific brief that was written by our mutual friend John Sauer on behalf of President Trump says that, that Trump is not the first president or former president who has been accused of criminal conduct. There have been a number of others in American history. And there was uh, George W. Bush right. uh, over the Iraq War. Right. Um, you know, there was... Uh, uh, Richard Nixon, there was, of course, Nixon was pardoned by his successor, Gerald Ford, but he, he went all the way back to John Quincy Adams, our sixth president, who was accused of what was then called a, quote, corrupt bargain, unquote. That was mm. the, the corrupt bargain was a crooked deal that made John Quincy Adams our sixth president. Mm. And in that, and after he became president, he then paid off uh, the uh, I forget if it was Henry Clay or but whoever swung his votes in the Congress to elect Qu- Quincy Adams as president, and so that could be that could have been criminalized. And so, as uh, President Trump's brief to the argues to the Supreme Court, where do you stop with this? Yeah, right, exactly, it's right, not right. The that... first time, and it won't be the last time. And yeah. whatever the Supreme Court decides. 
if it takes a case. And mind you, the Supreme Court has not agreed to take this case right now yeah. to bypass the lower court. They've only agreed to, to consider take, whether they will to take, take it. Right. That, and that's and, been lost on a lot of people, too. That's right. Exactly right. What they said was explain to us why we should take it right now. Not we're taking it right now. And so they'll come back to that. All right, John Schlafly, I got to wrap things up. I'm up against a deadline. John Schlafly, everybody, his column is over, always over at phyllisschlafly.com. Uh, archive there with his other writings. Uh, a good one this week. An explainer, as we say. Uh, we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Free speech on college campuses has been a subject of great debate for decades. These ivory-towered institutions were once bastions of speech where differing ideas could be proposed, discussed, researched, and meted out. However, the prevailing leftist dogma has decided that it does not want to permit opposing viewpoints to be expressed. Because of this, many colleges and universities adopt rigid speech codes that punish conservative ideas. Some students at the University of Minnesota Morris have taken that dogma one step further by illegally tampering with materials distributed by the university's college Republicans. The Minnesota University hosts a tack board for students to post announcements on as a free speech zone. The college Republicans would post flyers on the board scattered among other flyers for Pride Month, LGBTQ plays and wealth redistribution. Yet the conservative materials would always mysteriously disappear. With permission from campus security, the college Republicans installed a hidden camera right next to another broken security camera and captured footage of student after student defacing, hiding, or stealing the college Republicans' flyers. The evidence was turned over to the county prosecutor, and action taken against the five individuals caught destroying the property is still pending. In the meantime, the school has instructed the college Republicans to take down their hidden camera, and now they've installed a new camera of their own. There are a multitude of lessons to learn from this sad tale of intrigue. First, leftists who claim to embrace free speech are hypocrites. Their outlandish claims that anyone who disagrees with them is literally Hitler is not compatible with respectful and open dialogue. Second, it is possible to expose the hypocrisy of the left, as these college Republicans have so beautifully demonstrated. By expertly employing a hidden camera, they have not only exposed the wrongdoers, but have also brought national attention to the issue of free speech on college campuses. Well done to those college Republicans of the University of Minnesota, Morris. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. On college campuses and social media, in boardrooms and the public square, conservative voices are being silenced. What happened to free speech or to the First Amendment? At phyllisschlafly.com, we're still listening. So let us hear from you at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for joining us and come back again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Hey. 
Hey, welcome back to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height Coming in here to the booth real quick, I'm going to wrap up the show for Mr. Ed Martin. He had to hightail it to something else. First, before we go on uh, in anything else, remind you, go to ProAmericaReport.com. There you can pick up Ed's Substack. Sign up for that, a lot of the things that he's writing. And uh, also head over to PhyllisSchlafly.com. There you will find all the audio and the standalone segments, the podcasts, everything from the Pro-America Report. Also, while you're there, you can sign up for... The Daily Wink email, it'll come into your inbox every weekday morning. Same name as the first segment of this program, and you won't want to miss out on that. I wanted to take an opportunity. It's, it's been a wild week of news, watching some of the things happen. And when I say news, I don't mean the things that are happening. Let me be clear. It has been a wild week on the news networks. Now, you and I probably are, are on the same page with this. You you aren't logging on and watching CNN or MSNBC unless you're looking for your daily dose of humor, right? Because we, we at this point, have learned that, that the media is lying uh, to us. They are advancing an agenda. They are not reporting things that are happening. However, it is a very interesting bellwether to see uh, what the left is saying, to see what the upcoming narrative and the agenda is, the things that they're going to drive home. And holy cow, this week has just been bonkers. But what it has been is a, I think, a very interesting revelation of some of the incredible lengths that they're going to go to to lie and whip up a frantic frenzy among people who are uninformed about what could possibly happen in 2024 if uh, Donald Trump moves forward, if he is not prosecuted and thrown in the deepest, darkest jail. Or I think that these kinds of frenzied news reports are good for you and I to consider so that we see what the lesser informed, the more ignorant, and again, I'm not saying the stupid, ignorant people who are uninformed in our lives, friends, family, co-workers, people who don't go searching for the truth like you do, we need to get them there. So to go and watch what they're seeing, if they just casually turn on the news, I think is a very good and healthy thing uh, because there's so much of it that is just blatantly incorrect. Like uh, they, I saw across all of the networks, CNN and MSNBC, they fawned over Hunter Biden coming out in front of the Capitol today, uh, this week. He came out and had his uh, tirade against the House, dragging his name through the mud, and he insisted, he insisted, my father was not financially involved in my business. Literally hours later, IRS whistleblowers and a bunch of other things essentially prove that wrong with a paper trail. It's, it's a lie. And yet none of that got covered by any of the corporate media. This is why they're dying. And I don't know if you saw the launch this week. Tucker Carlson had his uh, next big thing, the TCN, Tucker Carlson Network. And his big message, he actually posted digital billboards outside uh, headquarters of CNN, MSNBC, and a lot of others. That big, big picture of him, and it said corporate media is dead. Well, this is why they're dying, because they're not even trying to hide how awful and atrocious uh, uh, they are at launch. And, and pushing a narrative and not even remotely trying to tell you the truth about any situation. So to th- watch things like, you know, the the um, disparity between the Hunter Biden uh, uh, news conference this week and the truth that was actually reported a little bit later uh, to watch some of the guests on uh, these MSNBC and CNN shows go off about all of the the dangers that they see to democracy. Our democracy could crumble. This is the reminder that we are a democratic republic. We're not a democracy, though. This is a, a key difference that we could go into another time. I think you agree with me and understand, though, at the basic, we're run by the rule of law, not the rule of whatever 51% say. But you, you start going down the list this frantic 
worked up lying is is across the board hilariously uh, sad. I don't know another way to put it. Um, in fact, I, I heard a montage this morning, and and then we'll get to the point here. The montage this morning is uh, I, I heard from CNN and MSNBC these last two weeks alone, and it was over and over again. People saying, "If Donald Trump gets back in, he will ruin the Department of Justice. He will prosec- uh, persecute, not prosecute, persecute his uh, opponents. He'll do this. He'll do that. Democracy will fail." And literally, if you were to insert the Biden administration in place of where each of these folks said Trump. All of these things are coming true. And yet that's not what the news is showing average uninformed voters who just turn on the news like they always have and see this kind of thing. Folks, this is the opportunity that you and I have this Christmas, and I pray that you take it with me, okay? This is incredibly important. There are a lot of folks, and it's the stereotypical Christmas time, but you've got political conversations, trying to keep it away from family gatherings, uh, lots of different viewpoints on different things, etc. and so on. It is so easy to want to back out of those things, to want to just, you know, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with these folks who are uninformed, who don't want to have a conversation, but I tell you you what i think it's more important than ever that you and i actually grab folks by the shoulders figuratively i mean literally it's up to you but figuratively is at least grab folks by the shoulders and and shake them and get them to understand hold on look for the truth are you even trying to double check anything that these people are saying you know what what does ed say distrust but verify Uh, tell them fine trust but verify verify you've got to go and double check because if you even start to scratch the surface of some of the frantic things that these folks are are just fomenting the fear that they are fomenting over the airwaves of corporate media it it falls apart their narrative can't hold water you and i got to take responsibility for a little bit of breaking that up this christmas will you join me do it with me we can do it nicely and respect respectfully but i tell you what having a nice uh peaceful christmas holiday once uh, i think is uh, a lot uh uh, less of a goal to have than trying to salvage the republic uh, over the course of the next year so join with me talk to your family trust me we need to get people's attention they have got to understand what is happening and who they should and should not listen to you and i can do a little bit of that this christmas so uh take an uh, take it under advisement consider it think about it uh but i'll leave it there it's just been too crazy of a news week not to tell you uh that you and i both need to take that opportunity here over the next couple of weeks with our family gatherings so i'll leave it there have a good weekend everybody thank you for being a listener for being a part of the pro america report family thank you to ed for leading us through the show each and every week uh thank you to mason my co-producer who helps me keep all of the technicalities on time and thank you to you again most of all for listening making this valuable and for being uh involved in the future of our nation thank you so much everyone we will see you next year uh, next week here on the pro america report once again have a good weekend everybody three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.